Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. But uh, we started this morning... Uh, Pastor Sarah opened our new Dilemma series, which is going all month, excuse me, which is going to be a tremendous uh, series uncovering and, and shedding light on various dilemmas that we face and may face and equipping the Christian to uh, handle the dilemmas of life that come. For Jesus Christ didn't promise us a perfect life, uh, but he did promise us a peace-filled life. And Christianity is not immunity from the troubles and trials of life. In fact, Jesus Christ promised us the exact opposite. He said, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. He says, you will be persecuted and you will be tested and you will be stretched. And he said, it will be good for you. It is the testing of your faith that is the making of your faith. That is what it's all about. It's the the testing that is the making of something. You go to a steel shop and you purchase steel that is tested. You purchase nuts and bolts that have a tensile strength because they've been tested to the breaking point. And that then certifies that particular product to hold a certain strength, a certain certification about it because it endured a certain amount of testing in which that then proved that it is not just wearing a label, it is wearing the evidence that it was tested and it is therefore proven to be of a certain merit or of a certain quality. So the testing of our faith through the trials and tribulations of life is the qualification and the the authenticator of the faith that we profess to have. So dilemmas in the Christian life are to be accepted and celebrated and embraced because we know that it is through the testing of our faith that it is authenticated and that it is, has value added to it when it is tested. Not to the point necessarily of breaking, but when it is stretched, when it is increased, when we go through dilemmas in life, God wants to use it for our own good. It's all a setup. You're not going through something to bring you down. You're going through something that's going to take you up a notch. You're going through what you're going through, so you're going to have a fresh platform, a new layer of foundation in your life, a new layer of spiritual cement poured into your character that is then going to lift you to a new perspective. It's going to lift you into a new place of understanding of who God is. And all of this is founded on His Bible. Jesus At the end of his very first message he ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, in the first, or in Matthew 6, 7, and 8, he preaches a cracker of a message. It's a total game changer for Christians. It totally revolutionizes the culture that he's living in. And he finishes 
his message by drawing or, or, or putting it into a picture for people to really anchor into. And he says, whoever hears these words of mine, being the message that he's just preached, being this game-changing preach, he says, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, whoever hears these words of mine and receives them into their life is like a man who builds his life or builds a house upon a rock, upon a solid foundation. Whoever builds his life upon a solid foundation, whoever builds the structure of their house on a solid foundation, when the wind and the waves and the storms rage and beat against that house, although it may be shaken, although it may be buffeted, although it may be tested, it will not fall because it is founded on an unshakable foundation. He then contrasts it. Whoever hears these words of mine and does nothing with them, whoever hears these words of mine and does not apply them to their life, does not accept them into their heart, does not build their life, does not make them the four cornerstones of the foundation of their life, whoever simply just hears them and lets the words pass them by, that person is like a man who is building a house upon the sand or is building the structure of their life upon a sandy, shifting, moving foundation. When the waters rise, when the winds blow, when that house shakes, that house, that structure, that investment will fall down with a great crash because it is founded on something that is weak, that is shifting, that is unpredictable and unstable. So as believers, Christ, right at the beginning of His ministry, right at the beginning of His his, you know, at the end of his very first preach, he draws the conclusion that the importance of the, the, not just the listening to, but the application of the Bible, the application of the, the words that he spoke and the words that have also been captured in texts that form the Bible that we have, these are the absolute rock bottom foundation for the Christian to build their life upon so that when dilemma strikes, it does not end in destruction. It ends in another level of revelation, another level of encounter, another level of breakthrough because we've got a foundation that doesn't fall apart. It's, we've got, we're built on a foundation that allows us to build up and up and up and up as God takes us through these seasons in life. So the Dilemma series is about, yes, talking about some of the dilemmas that we are facing as a society and as Christians, but it is more about you as a believer reading the Bible and realizing that it's not new news. Jesus or God said there's nothing new under the sun. He's seen it all. Like he stands at the end and he stands at the other end, and we're a tiny dot in the middle, he sees everything, past, present, and future, simultaneously, and he says, there's nothing new under the sun. Other words, don't freak out. It's happened before, it's happening now, it'll happen again, don't freak out. 
devil loves to rattle our cage, freak us out. This has never happened. You know, we have these, this is, I'm the only one who's ever faced this particular problem. No, there's nothing new under the sun. The devil tries to tell, no one else struggles with this. Read your Bible. Everyone struggles with everything. Doubt, insecurity, fear, lust, rage, anger, addiction. They all, it's all in there. That's why the Bible's so wonderful. It's not, it's got no makeup on it. It's warts and all in there. It's like it's God just presenting to us His, his saints and His sinners together. Or the, almost the one and the same. The redeemed sinner, the sanctified, you know, rebel. It's all in there because He said there's nothing new under the sun. The problems that we're facing, they may have a different face, but they got the same thing on the inside. And for us as Christians and believers, it is to be founded on the unfallible and unshakable Word of God. And if you have this in you, really in you, when we see stuff in the world, we realize there's nothing new under the sun, that there's problems that already have answers. You don't have to come up with something new necessarily. Like the, the message never changes, it's just the method that does. Like we used to use carrier pigeons, now we have the internet. We're still getting the same message around the place. It's just a different method. Who knows what it'll be in a hundred years' time? I won't be here to tell you. But the mess it's it's the same message. We're hitting up as humanity against the same problems. And us as believers, this this is our book to go to, not a novel. Not someone else's interpretation of the Bible. Interpret it for yourself. Read it for yourself. Get the Bible inside of you. This will be the keel on the bottom of your ship. That when you list over a little bit, you don't capsize. When you want to get spun around, you don't because you've got this thing underneath you that's keeping you true on course. It is the Bible. It's the lead weight in the believer's spirit. It is the foundation in the center. It's in the, it's in the core of each and every one of us. And the more of the Bible you can get inside of you, the more unsinkable you become in your faith. You devour the Bible. You eat the Bible. This is like... The believer's bread. Eat it. Get it inside you. If you're men, take up the 10-10-2 challenge. Well, you're all invited. It's not exclusive. But um, woman, you can do the 2024. Um, <laughs> but the men, you might have to do the 5-5-1. Just ease into it. And we're not breaking it down any more than that, though. 5-5-1 is as low as we're going. And then you can ease into it to the 10, 10, 2. But uh, we gotta, this, is, this is the antidote for the dilemmas you're going to face. This is the remedy. This is the pathway. Your word is what? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path that helps me negotiate if the most gnarliest and most trying times of my life because I have the word of God lighting the way for me to go. Proverbs says the unfolding of your word brings light that when you're sitting in a dark place spiritually or emotionally or mentally,
spiritually or circumstantially, when you're sitting in a place, go to the Word of God. Opening this Bible is like turning the light on in the darkness. Things that you couldn't see before when you start to read your Bible become clear. They, it opens up God's world to your world, His creativity to your carnality. He gets inside of you and He brings your life from the inside out when you get the Bible. This is the antidote for the dilemmas that you're going to face in life. But I want to preach a little bit tonight from out of 2 Kings 7 where there was some guys, actually four mates, facing a dilemma. And a dilemma is like when you just have one or more decisions to make. And it could be any. Do I or don't I? Yes, no, maybe so. And there's these four guys that were facing a dilemma in the Bible. And we're just going to read this real quick and then draw a few quick points out of this, this text about how you moving through your dilemma is going to bring you freedom, but the potential for you continuing to lean in and move through your dilemma has the potential for, for a ripple effect into an entire nation, into an entire community, an entire school, an entire workplace. So there's four friends, four lepers, in fact, sitting outside a city. They're sitting outside the city because they're not allowed to be in the city. They're lepers. That is where lepers lived. They lived as outcasts of society, but at least they had each other. There were four men with leprosy at the entrance to, of the city gate. Now, they, the city had been under siege for a long time, and everyone inside the city was starving to death. They were selling pieces of animals for ridiculous prices. They were trying to eat each other. There was a prophet in the city who had spoken to the king who said, at this time tomorrow, it's all going to change. The lepers naturally didn't know this conversation was taking place because they're not allowed in the city. They're only allowed outside the city. So they're sitting outside the city that's been starved to death. That's a military tactic that requires zero expense of military resources bar time. You would just simply starve a city either to death or starve a city to surrender. They're surrounded by the Arameans all around the city. Samaria got them on lockdown day in, day out. The city's slowly starving to death. Now there's four men with leprosy at the entrance to the city gate. And they were in a dilemma. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. It's a real positive story. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. So these guys have got three options. Death, death, and possible death. These guys are in a genuine dilemma. What do we do? The city's starving. We're starving. And over there on the other side of the hill, there's an army so vast. What are, they, what are four lepers going to do to disperse them? 
But they decided amongst them and a little bit of wise counsel. When you're going through a dilemma, don't go through it alone. The greatest thing they had was one another. So they call a little committee meeting with Bob and Paul and Chuck and Dave, the four leopards that live outside the city. They have a little meeting together about what are the options to get through this dilemma. And it's better to go through it together than it is to go through it alone. Two are better than one. So they have this and they discuss it. These are our options in this dilemma. We go into the city. There's a famine. It's no good. We stay where we are. We're on the outside of the wall, but we're still in the famine. It's no good. Let's maybe go towards where the army is. And if they spare us, we live. But if we die, either way, we're going to die. So it says this, at dusk they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there, for the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian, Egyptian kings to attack us. They got up and they fled at at dusk, abandoned their tents and their horses and their donkeys. They left the camp and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, Chuck, Paul, Dave, and their other mate. And they entered one of the tents and they ate and drank. They took silver. They went into another tent and they did the same. And they said, we've got to go back and tell the city the good news about what has happened here today. So here, when you're facing a dilemma, these are your options. You can either go back to where you've come from, you can stay where you are, or you can have the courage to keep moving in the direction you should know you should go. They are the options in a dilemma. You either go back to where you came from, you either stay trapped in your current, or you find the courage to press onwards and to press forwards into the breakthrough that God has for your life. And what I love about these four leopards, they did the math, they looked at their options, they said, we're not going to go back to the life that we came from. We're not going to just stay feeling sorry for ourselves in our current circumstance. We're going to find the courage and the boldness and we're just going to start walking towards the enemy's camp and see what begins to happen. And as they began to move, God began to move. As they started the journey towards the problem, towards the dilemma, towards the issue, God began to move on their behalf. They didn't ever know it, that in the treetops there's chariots, that the enemy can hear the sounds of thousands of horses hooves pounding towards and they can hear the running of chariots down the street they can hear the breath of these horses these war horses advancing towards them and, and all these four lepers are doing is slight walking a slow and wary trudge to what they think is possibly certain death but as they found the courage as they found the boldness as they found the strength as they found the resolve, I'm not going to go back to where I came from. 
I'm not just going to stay wallowing in self-pity. I'm not going to stay stationary, doing nothing, just letting fate or the universe or whatever kind of have its way with me. I'm going to find my feet. I'm going to find my step and I'm going to start a journey of faith towards the miraculous towards a breakthrough. I'm going to lean into the dilemma. I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to press in to the problem. And as they start to move, as they start to walk, all of heaven gathers around them. And the angels and the armies of heaven, they drive away the problem. They drive off the issue. And in the meantime, the prophet's words are becoming true in the city. He said, this time tomorrow, flour and barley will be worth nothing. You're paying a premium for it now. But tomorrow, the king was at his door with a sword saying, prophet, your time's over. He says, this time tomorrow, everything would have changed. And everything changed because four lepers who weren't in the conversation, four lepers who weren't even in the city, four lepers who weren't even on the radar of the city began their own journey of a miracle that God wove together with what the prophet had spoken the day before. And their obedience, their courage, their boldness, Their lack of care and concern for their own personal well-being was what set an entire city free. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.